welcome to the show. It's Dylan James. It's Out of Bounds. And JT and I were just talking about this before we came on the uh, on the air that we are officially free agents. That's right, guys. We got the news last week. We missed last week with the holiday. So we're glad to hear you guys are back listening to us. But unfortunately, while we were off last week, we got some breaking news that came out of nowhere. As yeah. WBLZ has decided to go kaputs. <laughs> Literally. After two years, they decided to disband, I guess you could say. And so they kind of messaged us the day it happened, said, hey, sorry, thanks for the past two years, but we're not no longer a thing. So now we are not broadcasting on WBLZ Sports anymore. Therefore, we're free agents. So we can get picked up by anybody now. ESPN, Fox Sports, Disney, <laughs> I mean, Sirius XM, somebody. Yeah, anybody listening, you know, give us a shot to audition, man. We'll be glad to get our names out there on the airwaves, ESPN yeah. 580, especially. Yeah, in Orlando. Come on, just call us up. We're here. We're ready. We have a show in place. We have listeners, too. I mean, I, th- I think it's the perfect... It's the match made in heaven. Just go on Pippa. They'll tell you all our results. Exactly. Yeah. Tell you analytics and everything. But yeah, uh, so we're free agents now. We don't have to have the commercial break at the end of our show. That means we you have, get three more minutes. You have three more minutes of we'll content call that, from uh, us. We'll, me and Dylan, we'll call that... It was a soccer term. We'll call that our stoppage time. Yeah, the magical <laughs> three. That's... It's... Uh, it's great. Uh, I love it. I love we have three more minutes of content to put in the show. So therefore... Just a lot more show for you guys to to listen to. It might be a good thing, might not be a good thing, depending on what you uh, what your mindset is on our show. So, Dylan, we missed last week through the holidays, so I hope everyone had a nice Memorial Day uh, this past week. And, of course, to all the veterans, anybody listening to our show, uh, thank you for your service, and thanks to respect all, everyone in the service. Yeah. And, of course... Dylan, how was your week? You were in Mississippi. How was that? Well, we didn't go to Mississippi, actually. We decided no. not to. Um, <laughs> there were some complications with our with our plan, so we decided just to stay here and have a relaxing four days off so here in Orlando. So you had a staycation. We had a staycation, <laughs> yes. We had a staycation. It was nice to be away from work for a little while, just to kind of get, you know, reset, recharge, and, and uh, be lazy for a few days. It was nice. So how was your weekend? Well, it was pretty busy, Dylan. For me, I was working a lot between... Disney and Under Armour. Under Armour was there for four days last week. It was pretty busy. We, it was like a monsoon this past week with the weather. And we had a night. I worked there and like everything was down. Like the AC, our credit card machine thing wasn't working. I mean, what could went wrong went wrong that night at Under Armour when I worked there on, I think it was Thursday. So it was, it was crazy, man. And I hope when I go in tonight, they'll have the systems up and running. We got some AC, keep it cool in there. Because it's hot in Florida right now. It is. It's 90-plus degree weather, humidity, and then all the rain. Man, this makes it a lot worse. But like I tell people, man, this is Florida. People are on vacation. like, what's up with the rain? This, that, blah, blah. I'm like, guys, we're in the summer. This happens to Florida all the time. Although it's not usually this bad. It's usually it rains one time every day between 3 and 5 o'clock for about 15 minutes, and then it stops. However, for the past month and a half, month, month and a half, it's been rain all day. Every day. The past two days have been beautiful, though. Sunny, hot outside, but sunny. Beautiful outside, beautiful weather. 
Um, but yeah, this rain's come back today. It's actually raining as we speak while we're recording the show. And uh, yeah, I just hope it goes away soon. At least just do what it usually does. 15 minutes of rain, I can handle. But not every day. Not all day every day. That's just awful. Unless you're in Seattle. It rains up there all the time. It does. Anyway, let's move on to our, some of our sports news. Let's go to the NFL. The NFL made some waves this week with news of their anthem policy, their new anthem policy, to where if you do not stand or if you don't want to stand, you just stay in the locker room. If you don't, if you don't do either of those two things, then you're going to get disciplined by the league, essentially. You're going to get fined by the league. Um, there are some teams coming out saying they will pay the fines for their players if they want to protest still. The owner of the Jets, he did say that. I, but, you know, at a certain point, don't you think it's kind of too late for them to do this? It seems as though all the anthem, po- the, the anthem protests and such were pretty much done by the end of last season. So I don't know why they decided to bring up this anthem policy now when it just adds some more negative press to the NFL for this season. No, I agree, Dylan. I, I don't understand this decision either. It's not like the NFL is just trying to have uh, two pieces of cake or something to eat it or something like that. But I, I just don't understand. Like, look, look, look at the players, Dylan. Like, if you sit in the locker room and then you come out, you play your game. After the game, Dylan, what's the media? What's the first thing they're going to ask you? Why are you staying in the locker room during the national anthem? It just causes more controversy. And we know the NFL, they don't have the players back. They're going to leave them out on the island and they have to suffer. And that's not right. The owners, Roger Goodell last week said, oh, this was a unanimous decision. But we all knew, Dylan, it was not a unanimous decision from the owners. Well, apparently there, on the same there wasn't an official vote on it at first. They actually did a, a hand-raising vote saying, hey, if we brought this policy up during our conversations, who would vote for this policy? And so they kind of gauged the room based on that that vote they had, the unofficial vote. So um, there are players coming out now saying that they might not even play um, this coming up season in protest of the anthem protest policy. So it, it just seems as though they've added more controversy to the league, more controversy to Roger Goodell's legacy as the commissioner in the NFL. Um, so I don't see this issue going away anytime soon. It just seems as though it's, Again, starting a fire that they don't have to start. This fire was already put out. There were not players protesting last year after game eight, uh, like week eight, week nine. It seemed as though it dwindled. Uh, There might have been a few players we just didn't see. But still, I mean, it didn't seem like it was in the front headline of the news in the NFL later in the season. Well, I've seen some people, Dylan, they've suggested if if the NFL is that worried about it, why don't they ask the broadcasters just not show the national anthem? Just yeah. don't show it. Then At a certain point. Straight. I mean, the NBC, they don't show all the... I mean, I know the Stanley Cup Finals, they've done it. But during the regular season, they don't always show the national anthem. Unless it's a certain team like the Flyers and things like that. But, you know, and you got people like LeVar Ball saying, I'm tired of this. Either they stand or just get out. You know, stuff like that. So... And the NBA and the other leagues, they're saying that we're not going to do anything. We're going to keep it as is. Yeah. So... I agree with you, Dylan. The NFL, it was kind of dwindling a bit last year. It wasn't talking a lot in the media. Yes, Colin Cabrick still doesn't have a job, unfortunately. But at the end of the day, they caused more of a bigger issue than what it needs to be. And it'll be interesting to see how it goes this season, Dylan, because I think this decision, Dylan, is really going to backfire 
once we start the season in September. I think so too. And also, you know, the players or some of the players that were saying they were going to sit out were sitting out also because of Colin Kaepernick not having a job. So they were saying either A, get Colin Kaepernick a job in the league somewhere as a quarterback in, on one of the teams, or we're just not going to play next year. Um, I don't think that's a smart move by those players. I don't think that it gives them any, I don't know. I don't know what they're looking for. I mean, I don't know why they're trying to go at bat for this guy. I guess they're trying to get publicity themselves. Um, so they have more followers on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. But, you know, at a certain point, just let bygones be bygones. Nothing's happening with this anthem protest anymore. It's not as relevant as it was before. So, why bring it up again? There's no reason to bring it up again. Just uh, at a certain point, you might think the NFL is saying, you know what? Any publicity is good publicity for us. As long as our name is in the news, I mean, people are listening to the NFL. People are thinking about the NFL every single day, which they've been trying to make the NFL a sport. That's a 365 sport um, for the past few years now. They've been trying to make it to where they can stretch it as far as they can because it makes so much money. But at a certain point with this anthem protest thing, it's just not going to not going to work. I don't think that it's it's a good any publicity is good publicity kind of thing in this situation. So uh, let's move on to the Alliance of American Football. Speaking of another football league, San Diego is getting an expansion team and they just got their new head coach as well. Yes, Dylan, Mike Martz, the coach who used to leave the great show on turf, the St. Louis Rams back when they were in the, in the late 90s, early 2000s, winning the, the Super Bowl and winning those championships and everything. So that's great to see for that market. San Diego, the, they got spurned by the NFL when the Chargers packed up and went to L.A. for greener pastures. So far, it doesn't look like that's worked out for them so well. It ha- no, it hasn't. <laughs> but do you think that with San Diego getting this expansion team with the Alliance of American Football League, do you think that that following that the Chargers had will go to this team? I certainly think so, Dylan, because San Diego... They just got the Padres, and we know the Padres haven't been so hot as of late. So I think the fans that felt spurned by the NFL will rally and get behind this team. And Mike Martz is a good coach. He's done well. I think he's going to get some good players in that system. They're going to play in the same stadium, San Diego, Credit County Stadium, something like that. And for the league, they got San Diego, Phoenix. They got Salt Lake City. You got Orlando, Memphis, and Atlanta with two more teams they're going to announce. I don't know if this is going to happen for sure, Dylan, but it sounds like they're going to kind of keep it in the South kind of area. But my guess is if I'm the Alliance of American Football League, you got two more slots to fill, I would seriously consider San Antonio because they have the Alamo Dome. They're not in the NFL. Well, except the Cowboys claim them, but no one really claims San Antonio. And we know they're not going in the NFL team anytime soon. So I think San Antonio would be a good choice. And another option they could go, Dylan, is St. Louis because St. Louis – you know, they're another team that got spurned by the NFL. And I think those fans there, they can rally and get behind this football league. And then there's your eight teams right there. And then we'll see how it goes when the league debuts next season. Of course, me and you, Dylan, will definitely follow the Orlando team here very closely. Oh, yeah. And especially with this league, though, you don't want to be picking up the NFL scraps in this situation. I mean, San Diego is a great place to go. I, I completely agree. The Chargers uh, fan base there in San Diego was was very, very 
loud, very aggressive, they very passionate. They were very passionate about San Diego. Um, but at the same time, I don't think that it's smart for this league to say, you know what, we're just going to go everywhere. The NFL is no longer. Um, well, they're not. They got a team in Atlanta and they got a team in Phoenix. Both yes, NFL but cities. I mean, with the, the rest of the expansion teams they're getting, so they have two more cities to announce. Um, getting St. Louis, I mean, yeah, St. Louis would be a great city to have a team in, but at the same time, do you really want to be look, have that perception of, oh, they're just picking up what the NFL doesn't want anymore? Um, I mean, they're, they're wanting to be pioneers in this landscape of football. So, I mean, you know, there are several other locations I think they need to look at. Um, and I think that they'll be like weighing Virginia their options. Beach, Norfolk, Virginia, yeah, I mean, Louisville. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the Northeast Mexican, definitely needs a, a team. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I think there are several locations they'll be looking at. They're probably weighing their options. Now they probably have those cities in place already. Um, there's need to finalize the paperwork or whatnot, but definitely, definitely. we'll be hearing it. We'll be hearing about those two expansion teams pretty soon. So, uh, moving on to some signing uh, news: wide receiver Brandon Marshall has agreed to terms with the Seattle Seahawks. So Russell Wilson does have a new weapon on the on the outside. I think that he'll be a great wide receiver. Um, you know, along the sideline, I think he'll be a, a great wide receiver for them. But with Brandon Marshall, do you think they'll he'll add anything to the Seattle Seahawks offense? Well, that's a billion-dollar question, Dylan. We don't know. Uh, Brandon Marshall, of course, a former UCF player. Uh, he, the last two years, he was with the, the Giants, where he had 18 catches, but all, didn't get no touchdowns, and he had 154 passing yards. And then in 2016, he was with the Jets. He had 59 receptions, 788 yards, with three touchdowns. So maybe on the Seahawks, I hope I get his 2016 form, and not the form he had last year. But I think Brandon Marshall's motivated he knew he had a kind of a down year. He's waited late to get on a team. And with receivers, we got OTAs going on right now. We got training camp starting next month. The preseason starts in August. So if Brandon Marshall makes it to at least preseason, he'll have an opportunity. And if a star wide receiver gets down from the Seahawks, hopefully not. But if somebody does, he's the next man up. So I think Brandon Marshall is going to make the most of his opportunity, get through the grind and grind of the OTAs and training camp. And we'll see. He's definitely got a shot, Dylan. If he gets his form like he had a couple years ago, he might be a steal. It's just hard to say, especially with his age being at 34 years old. Well, being in the system with the New York Giants, I mean, Eli Manning was not producing that much when it was Ben McAdoo's offense That's very true. That's very true. in New York. So I think that with Brandon Marshall, um, it was the system he was put in place with. I think that with Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll over there in Seattle, I think that they can do some good things on offense with Brandon Marshall. Um, it's just that it's system. I mean, it's, it's a systematic thing. I think that Brandon Marshall needs to be in the right system. And in this place, um, I think Seattle could be a good place for him. So hopefully he does rejuvenate his career there in Seattle and helps uh, Seattle get to the playoffs and potentially further. Um, so we'll see what happens in Seattle. And last but not least, Johnny Menzel, our boy, Johnny Your Football. Boy. Yeah, my boy. Um, he made his debut in the CFL as the Hamilton Tiger Cats began their, began their preseason and uh, he didn't make it to the end zone at all during this drive. He had several drives he was out there for, I think, four or five drives. But um, there were some glan- glances of uh, some good good things to come for Johnny Manziel on the field, although he does need to work a little bit more with their offense and get the timing down with his wide receivers, things of that nature. But uh, Johnny didn't look that bad in the preseason. So we'll see if it he progresses the way he should be progressing in the CFL. Do you think that he'll still be the backup? Do you think that, that there's a chance that he can make it as the starter there with the Hamilton Tiger Cats uh, within the first two or three weeks of the season? 
Well, I think the coach uh, has already said that Johnny Manziel will get some games this season. I know in the preseason, a couple days ago, he had he went 9 for 11, had 80 passing yards and 23 plays. Their starting quarterback is Jeremiah Masoli. So he's going to be the starter going into the season. But the coach has already said, John, expect Johnny Manziel to play some games this season. And this is a two-year project, Dylan. I don't think Hamilton was going to make this move if they weren't going to commit to giving him the time to develop. So I, I think knowing that the coach has said that he's going to do that, it's going to get time to get Johnny Manziel, get the rust out of his system and everything. But once he gets his forming down, I think he's going to be a, a good pickup. He's going to be a backup for now, but eventually, Dylan, he will be a starter. Also, if you want to see any of those games for the Hamilton Tiger Cats, you can check out ESPN+. Plus. They will be broadcasting a lot of those games during the regular season, so make sure to keep your eye out for those games. So let's move on to the NBA. The NBA Finals is underway. The Warriors versus the Cavaliers, who to thunk it, for the fourth year in a row. This is the second time in NBA history where a head coach takes his team to the Finals the first four years of his head coach tenure, and that's Steve Kerr. And do you know who the other coach was? Phil Jackson? Pat Riley. Pat Riley. Good old Pat Riley. So um, congratulations to him on that feat. But in this first game, there was a lot of controversy. And I think we all know what the controversy was, and we know who it stemmed from, and it was good old J.R. Smith. For There's controversy in the fact that People say he didn't know what how much time was left on the clock. He didn't know what the score was. He thought they were up, uh, but they were actually tied. So he decided to run out the clock instead of try to score. I don't know what happened. Um, but in this situation, JT, what do you have to say about J.R. Smith? It was just a bad play. I mean, lucky for him, Dylan, he's not the only one that's had a, a moment like that in a championship game or a playoff game. We saw it with Isaiah Thomas. We saw it with... Chris Weber in uh, the Final Four for the college basketball back in Michigan. So these things have happened, believe it or not, Dylan. It has happened. But what was so disappointing with the Cavaliers, Dylan, they had that game. LeBron James had 51 points. I mean, come on, what more can you ask for? And Cleveland was, I mean, they were down, they were up, down and up. But they kept fighting hard in game one. And remember, Dylan, before, because that was like the craziest minute in the fourth quarter, LeBron had a play where he was in the lane and the refs initially had called offensive foul, but then they turned around and called the blocking foul. That, to me, Dylan, pretty much changed that game because Cleveland would have won the game if it was the other way around. Now, some people might speculate all the refs. They're just trying to make these games last longer, make it go seven games, blah, blah. Who knows? But at the end of the day, Dylan... Cleveland had the game. They had opportunity to win the game, and J.R. Smith messed it up. He he said he messed it up. And in overtime, Steph Curry and the Warriors went on a 7-0 run, Dylan, to start in overtime, and that's basically they, they, they couldn't be stopped. They couldn't be stopped, and that's how they won the, won the game. So game two is tonight. Hopefully Cleveland will have a chance to rebound. For the Warriors, Dylan, Clay Thompson, he got injured in that game. We'll see if he's effective for game two in that game. But yeah, Dylan, Cleveland had a rough one on Thursday night. We'll see if they can bounce back. And speaking of the ankle injury, actually J.R. Smith was one who caused that ankle injury as well earlier in the game on Clay Thompson. He went out of the game for uh, a little while, actually, in the first quarter. Um, Not only that, remember, 
towards the end of that fourth quarter, George Hill missed the free throw. He missed the it. second one. The yeah, second he, one. But but J.R. Smith did. He got the rebound. He got a clean rebound. Yep. Out of that whole situation, he went over Kevin Durant for the rebound, <laughs> and then still could not get it done. Could not get a basket. Could not pass it to somebody. LeBron James was absolutely furious on the court. Um, I, I think that it was just a complete meltdown on the Cavaliers' part. The Cavaliers, like you said, they were dominant the majority of this game. They had the game in hand the majority of this game, and they just could not close it out to save their life. Uh, it was it was a pretty bad game from LeBron James. LeBron James actually came out and said that's probably the worst loss of his career, um, and, and it wasn't even his fault. I mean, he had 51 points that game. So moving ahead in this series, LeBron James put 51 points up in the first game of the series. And he still lost the game. That's the second time that's ever happened in LeBron James's career. And the first time was also against the Golden State Warriors back in 2015. So do you see the Cavaliers being able to beat the Warriors in this best of seven series, even if LeBron James put up, puts up 51 points and cannot win the game? No, Dylan. I mean, the problem with the Cavaliers is their bench. You can't rely on just two players, LeBron James, Kevin Love, and in some cases Tristan Thompson, get you points, and then the rest of your bench can't show up. And also Tristan Thompson got ejected in the fourth quarter as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did. Okay, you got the Golden... This is the Golden State Warriors, okay? You got Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Steph Curry. Hello? I mean... LeBron James can't guard four players. He can't. And the the Cavaliers bench has to step it up if the Cavaliers have any chance in the series, Dylan. That's the bottom line. LeBron can get 50, 60s. I mean, the only way that's going to happen, Dylan, is if LeBron goes Kobe and get like 80 points in the game. And I just don't see it happening, Dylan. I don't. LeBron's tired. 33. He's thinking about his future right now after this series because he doesn't know what's going to happen. Do now I, I said, win championships or do I stay home? That's yeah. basically his situation. And I said going into this series, the only thing Golden State has to do in this series is shut down LeBron James. If they shut him down, they're done. They're done. No one else can. Kyle Korver can't do anything for them. Kevin Love can't do anything for them. J.R. Smith obviously can't do anything for them. <laughs> so obviously the Golden State Warriors are the better team in this scenario. And obviously the Golden State Warriors will win this series. Now, if the Cleveland Cavaliers had gone in in game one and actually won the game, I think that they would actually have a shot of taking this to at least six games. I'm not say, I'm not even saying winning. I'm saying taking it to a game six. But now, seeing the game that we saw are the you, other are you, night... Are you saying the Warriors are going to win in five? Are they going to sweep? I think they can win in five. Okay. I don't think LeBron James will let the Golden State Warriors sweep him. I think they will win in five. Yeah, I think that's realistic. I think a lot of people think Cleveland... I still think it could go six games, but I think, I, the Warriors are going to win. Oh, for They're sure. They're going to win the series, for sure. For sure. I just think Cleveland will get one, maybe two games, but that's it. And so you also have to look at the legacy of LeBron James. He's only won... Eight straight finals! Yeah, eight straight finals. And what, he's won three? Yeah, he won two with the Heat and then one with Cleveland. So three championships. Last one was 2016. And the past, Golden State won in 2015 and 2017. In the past four years with the Cleveland Cavaliers against the Golden State Warriors, he's only won one series against them. Mm-hmm. So hey, remember that series, they were down 3-1 and came back. So in this scenario, I, I believe that LeBron James 
easily compares to Peyton Manning in the NBA. That uh, Peyton Manning was that for the NFL. He would go to the championship game and he would choke. He would go to the postseason, put up great numbers in the regular season, go to the postseason, then choke. LeBron James is that. Now, is there a conversation about him being as good or better than Kobe Bryant out there? Yes, there is. Pe- people have that conversation all the time. Now, one conversation they need to stop having is, is LeBron James better than Michael Jordan? No, he's not. Once LeBron gets five rings, then we'll talk. But Michael Jordan has, LeBron James has nothing on Michael Jordan at all. And that conversation just needs to stop. I think that LeBron did not, so Michael Jordan revolutionized the game of basketball. LeBron James is playing in the game that was revolutionized by Michael Jordan. So he is nowhere near the level of Michael Jordan, in my opinion. That's just it. I mean, I, I've heard that conversation over and over and over again. Hopefully in this finals, we stop, we hear a slow uh, decrease in conversations about uh, Michael Jordan versus LeBron James. Because in this series, if they can't win this series and LeBron doesn't turn into Superman and win this series against the Golden State Warriors, then, I mean, I think the only way that he can succeed in the league after this season is leaving Cleveland, which is pretty much uh, understood at this point. He's going to be leaving Cleveland after this season. So the question is, where is he going to land after Cleveland? Is he going to Los Angeles? Is he going to Houston? Is he possibly going to San Antonio? I mean, in my opinion, I think he's probably going to go to LA. But Houston, if he went to Houston, do you could you imagine the Houston Rockets with LeBron James there? LeBron, Harden, Capella, and Chris Paul, that's a, that's a dangerous team, man. It is. Every Houston, they'll finally make the finals for the first time since, what, 1995? I think that's the last time they made it. Yeah. So, it'll be interesting. We'll have to see. But, anyway, guys, on to other NBA news as our beloved Orlando Magic, they finally hired a coach. It took them this long to get Clifford. <laughs> really? Really? A big red dog? I, I know. Clifford? <laughs> really? No, not that Clifford. Uh, Steve Clifford. Coming over from the Charlotte Hornets. And Dylan, this is interesting because there, Orlando Magic made all this talk about, oh, we're going to talk to Dwayne Casey, we're going to talk to Tom Mizzo, and this guy, and that guy. And did they? No. no they didn't. No. They didn't even contact them, as far as we know. They didn't say anything about the search. The head coaching search was just dead quiet. We did not hear anything. Clifford's been available for two months, so that's what we settled on. Now, no, I have nothing against Clifford. I hope he does well with the Magic, but... Also, he was an assistant with the Magic a few years ago. Yes, he was. So So he he, is familiar with the the area of Orlando. Of course. He has that connection. But his track record in Charlotte, Dylan, wasn't great. He only had two playoff appearances. Okay, and they lost in the first round both times. In what, four or five seasons? Yep, he's been with them, he was with them for five seasons, 2013 to 2018. Jesus. And his combined record was 196 wins, 214 losses. That's an average deal in a .478. If you were in the room with the, the board of directors for the Orlando Magic, what would be one question you would ask them about this head coaching search? Just why did it take so long? We had other options. I mean, Stan Van Gundy was available. So, I mean, I know maybe Mm. he would do it. But here's the thing with the Magic, Dylan. All the players they've had, they've been better on different teams. Right now, our best player 
on our team is Jonathan Isaac, okay, and you got Gordon, Aaron Gordon. Yeah. Those are our two best players. Yeah. So the Magic, to me, have to get a system of role players, whether the draft or free agency, that can fit Clifford's system to make this team successful. And then actually want to come to Orlando. Yes, that's the other problem. You, you got to get them to come to Orlando, not just a silly trade to dump cap space, okay? And then they're the trade deadline. Oh, J.J. Redick, bye-bye. Turkey Lou gone. Get out of here. Dwight Howard, oh, we don't want you. Get Victor out of here. Victor Oladipo, bye. Yeah. Like, come Serge on. Ibaka, get out of here. No. We can't be doing that. No. I, at a certain point, you know, it, it disappoints me as a fan. I'm not really a fan of the Orlando Magic, but I mean, we are in the area. I'm, you know, I do watch Orlando Magic games. Um, and at a certain point, it's like you just give up on the team. Like you, you, you went with the easy out in this situation. I just want to, I want to have an Orlando Magic fan, a hardcore fan call into this show. Next week, we'll try to get one, a hardcore Orlando Magic fan, just to see what their thought process was behind this head coaching search, what they thought about it, um, and what they thought they could have done better. Because I mean, at this certain point, like you said, they did not talk to anybody they were said they were going to. Nobody. So they didn't even have, give them a chance to say yes or no. I guess they're just afraid of denial. They're afraid of rejection at that point, but... Orlando just has to step it up. Like, Steve Clifford, out of everybody you could have hired, really? Come on. He doesn't have a good track record. But you decided to still hire him? You decided to still give him a paycheck next week? This week? <laughs> For the next, what, three seasons at least? Just ridiculous. That's the Orlando magic for you. Yep. All right, so other NBA news that happened this week, Dylan. Brian Colangelo apparently made some news that he's been using fake Twitter accounts to basically get like fake fans basically talking trash about the players or the ownership and this and that. And now he's getting himself in some big trouble to where the Philadelphia 76ers are considering letting him go. I mean, I don't know what he was thinking doing all these accounts, but come on. You can't be doing that when you're like the executive in in an NBA team. Get out of here. Yeah, I want to know who else in the NBA, NHL, NFL, um, who else has burner accounts? Because I have a feeling there are a lot of players, personnel, coaches that have burner accounts on Twitter. Have to. Who do you think has a burner account uh, in the NBA? I have no idea. Maybe them Meta World Peace, but he's a free agent now. <laughs> That's true. I mean, so he can do whatever he wants. He can do whatever he wants. <laughs> um, you know, it'd be great to have a burner account for like Pete Carroll or a burner <laughs> account for like Bill Belichick. Oh, that'll be fun. That'd be great to find out. And years down the road, we might. Yeah. We might find out these coaches and players and stuff have burner accounts. But that's an interesting story. It's uh, it's interesting why he decided to have a burner account in the first place. But um, whatever. So, the Detroit Pistons are still looking for a head coach. Are there any leads out there as to who they might hire? Well, last we heard, they were interviewing Jason Kidd. But before that, they also interviewed the coach at Michigan, the uh, Wolverines coach. They interviewed him. And the interview, of course, Dwayne Casey, the former Raptors coach. Still no idea what the Pistons are going to do right now. They're just still looking. Hopefully it won't take as long like the Magic did. And, you know, they settle on somebody that has a losing record. But we'll see, Dylan. We'll see. I mean, not only that they're going to have to find a coach, but they also got to get a new GM. So I think if they get the GM first, then they'll find a coach that's going to fit. Because Detroit's going to be a rebuilding job. Sam Van has gone now. So it's going to be a rebuilding job. So whoever takes that job... 
It's going to take a while to get Detroit back to a respectable days of back when they were the, the Pistons winning the NBA championship back in 2005. All right, Dylan, let's talk about the Stanley Cup final as we have the Vegas Golden Knights and the Washington Capitals in the Stanley Cup final. Of course, my Capitals, Dylan, they did it. They shut out the Tampa Bay Lightning in two games, game six, game seven to get here. But before we get to about the game, the series so far, let's talk about the commissioner, Gary Batman, as he made some news at his press conference right before the Stanley Cup final started. And he basically confirmed the worst kept secret, Dylan. Seattle is going to eventually join the league. It's going to be maybe within the next two years, but it's going to happen at some point. People were speculating that they were going to, because the NHL has a board of governors meeting this month. So people were speculating that they might vote them in the league because they already paid their money and everything. But Gary Bettman said, no, that's not going to happen. Maybe in December that might happen, but not right now. He also said, Dylan, that they will not change the expansion draft rules. So when Seattle comes into the league, they will have the same opportunity that the Vegas Golden Knights did to basically win the Stanley Cup at this point. To pick the players they want, (laughs) to win the Stanley Cup, to get the coach they want. Jesus. Yep. So if I'm the National Predators or my Washington Capitals, we might want to look. Oh, 2020. Who are we protecting? We're not letting this happen again. Nope. So they're going to think twice this time around before some of these players go. The NHL, Gary Bettman said they do not miss the skipping the Olympics. They don't regret that decision. They still have a confirmed they're going to go to the 2022 Olympics. So we'll see how that goes. Gary Bettman did also confirm the salary cap will go up next season. And that they're going to also talk with the NHLPA trying to work out CBA negotiations because we have until 2020 season to get that worked out. Otherwise, Dylan, it'll be lockout number three for Commissioner Gary Bettman. All right, Dylan, on to the Stanley Cup final. And Dylan, wow, this has been a great series so far. Let's start with game one of the Stanley Cup final. Of course, the Vegas Golden Knights won that game 6-4. to four. Basically, Dylan, my summary we were watching that game was... Where's the defense? It was just back and forth, back and forth. Exactly. Vegas would score a goal, then the Capitals would score a goal. Vegas scored a goal, Capitals scored a goal, and just kept going back and forth until the very end. Uh, The Golden Knights kind of ran away with it and scored two goals unanswered to win the game. Yeah, Dylan, four lead changes. First time that's ever happened in the NHL since 2010. That was the most goals. Ten goals in that game. So it was crazy. And uh, Nosek got that goal when Devontae Smith-Pelly couldn't clear the puck. And the Vegas Golden Knights, they were 7-1. and one. And how about that intro for the Vegas Golden Knights in Game 1? Mike Buffer coming out there doing, let's get ready to rumble. That's pretty cool. You got little John out there That's singing cons cool. and stuff like that. So, man, the Vegas Golden Knights, I, I love the intro, man. Game 2 was a different story, Dylan. The, Capitals- the intro was cool still, though. Imagine yes. Dragons came out, performed whatever mm-hmm. it takes. It was, it was awesome. But, yes, it was a different story. Yes. Oh, one thing I forgot to mention, Dylan. Game one, the talking point was that hit from Tom Wilson on Marshall Show. Basically, uh, a late hit. And Marshall didn't see it coming. The NHL, I guess, a lot of players thought Tom Wilson was going to spend it. I thought he was. I thought, oh man, here's another three games match coming down the door. But the NHL said no. Nope. I think because the refs gave him a penalty, even though she should he should have got games contract. Usually, but, that's the case though. They they usually get a penalty. If he gets a penalty, then he's not going to get suspended. So. Yeah, so that was a big talking point. In Game 2, Dylan, the talking point was Evgeny Kuznetsov, the Birdman, because he got injured in that game. He got hit by McNabb, Brady McNabb, on a play, hit his wrist or something, so he he was out the rest of the game. And the Capitals, who have been resilient all year, Dylan, stepped up. 
Ovi, who only had two shots in game one, Ovechkin, he showed up, got hits, and he got a goal in game two in that game. Eller, he stepped up big, filling in. He got three points in that game. Vegas Dillon had a five-on-three power play for like two minutes, and they still couldn't, they couldn't convert. Do it. They couldn't do it. They still couldn't convert. And then my boy, Braden Hopi, with that stellar stick save towards the end of the game to get the Capitals a win. Dylan, hope he had 15 saves alone in the third period, Dylan. Amazing. He had 37 saves total in that game. And the Capitals, Dylan, they are now 9-3 and three on the road. Franchise record in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And Kuznetsov, fortunately, since he missed the game, that snapped his 11-point uh, streak that he had going on in the playoffs. And in Game 3, Dylan, last night, I watched the game. I don't know if you did, you... did you watch the game last night? I did, yes. I did. Well, I watched probably about the last 15 minutes or so. Definitely. So, for Game 3 last night, big win for the Capitals. Going up 2-1 in the series over the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Ovi got another goal in that game. The bird band, <laughs> who was a game-time decision, goes in the play, and he gets a goal to give them the 2-0 lead. And then Hopi basically gave a gift to Nosak on that goal in the third period. I don't know, what was he thinking? He goes from making that big save in game two to doing that. Hopi, what are you doing? But he wasn't tested much like Fleury was, to be fair. And then Devontae Smith-Pelly, who started the game in the penalty box, finishes the game, getting the game-winning goal to get the Capitals a 3-1 win and have a 2-1 lead in the series, Dylan. And for the Capitals, it's their first... Well, we won two Stanley Cup final games so far, but that was our first Stanley Cup final win at home. That's incredible. And back-to-back wins as well against against a team like the Vegas Golden Knights. That's a huge statement win there by the uh, the Washington Capitals. So hopefully they can continue this um, in the series. And Barry Trotz can get his Stanley Cup final um, with the Stanley Cup. And... Um, yeah, I think Alex Ovechkin needs one as well. So, Well, let's look at the Vegas Golden Knights perspective, Dylan. The Vegas Golden Knights, this is the first time all playoffs this year they have lost back-to-back games. For Marc-Andre Fleury, he was coming in in the Stanley Cup Final with a save percentage of .947. And he's given up 10 goals, Dylan, in three games. Right now, his save average is .875. It's really The last bad. time Fleury gave up 10 goals... Was in the last round dealing against the Winnipeg Jets, and that was the entire series. That's he only really had ten goals. Yeah. So Flurry's struggling, but I think the reason why the Capitals have been successful in Flurry, they're making him move a lot. They are testing him, throwing pucks at him, getting in his face. I mean, they're making Flurry work. And Alex Ovechkin has been very, very physical this entire this he entire sure series so far, and especially just in the finals and in the Stanley Cup playoffs in general. He's been very, very physical. He's been a very physical dominant player. Um, he's been the spark plug for the Capitals this this offseason. Um, and it shows because, I mean, he, he's not playing the same kind of uh, hockey he was last year. It, it's completely different, but he he's definitely done a lot of good things for the Washington Capitals, and he's gotten them to this point um, to where they're up 2-1 in the series. Yeah, Dylan, what's crazy was both Ovechkin and Kuznetsov, they both have, Ovechkin has 14 goals, Kuznetsov has 12 goals. You know, and the other goal scorers behind them is Sidney Crosby and Gensel. And where are they? On the golf course right now. Yep, That's crazy. Home. So the last time this happened, Dylan, was in 2009. Crosby and Malkin had 12 more goals each. 
In 2008, it was Johan Franz and Henrik Zetterberg for the Detroit Red Wings. And in 2004, it was Ruslan Fedotenko and Brad Richards for the Tampa Bay Lightning. What do those three teams have in common, Dylan? All those teams, with those two players that had 12 more goals each, have won the Stanley Cup. So for the Capitals, they are looking at that opportunity. They're two games away. Not only that, Dylan, the winner of Game 3, when the series is tied 1-1, the series winner, the game winner for Game 3 has won the series 78% of the time. So for Washington, they're two games away. This is it. Now here's how I think, Dylan. I think Vegas will bounce back in Game 4. I think so, too. And then it's going to be best of three, but I think the Capitals will win Game 5 at home. And then Game 6... The Caps will finish it off on the road because they've been the best road team in the playoffs. So I think that's how the series is going to play out. Hoping the Caps finish in five, but either way, the Caps win. Ovi gets it. That'd be great. First time for the franchise win the Stanley Cup in 44 seasons. Now, just to give you guys a quick update, what's going on in the other leagues? So in the AHL right now, in the Calder Cup final, the Toronto Marlies won six to five yesterday, and they have a 1-0 series lead in the final for that one. And in the ECHL, the league that the Orlando Solar Bears play in, the Florida Everblades, they are trying to defend their Kelly Cup title. They are up three games to two over the Colorado Eagles, who are, this is their swan song, because after this year, they're going promoted to the AHL next season. So just to give you guys an update on that. Dylan, is there any other hockey news you want to talk about before we go on the football recap of the week? I think that'll be it right now. Let's head over to JT's favorite segment of the show. It's JT's football recap of the week. The microphone is all yours, sir. Thanks, Dylan. All right, guys, as always, we're here to recap the latest and beautiful game. And for my weekend recap, we missed a week. But basically, just in case you were missed something, Real Madrid, they did it. They beat Liverpool 3-1 to in the Champions League final on May 26th to win their third straight Champions League trophy. Congrats to them. Uh, the heartbreak in that game was Mohamed Salah got down, taken down by Sergio Ramos and had to walk out the field injured. A lot of the fans in Egypt were worried. But Mohamed Salah said, don't worry, guys, I will be back for the World Cup. Fulham, they won the Champions playoff in the championship division in England over Aston Villa, 1-0 for them to get back to the Premier League. This is the first time Fulham FC are in the Premier League in four seasons, and that's good, guys, because that's good for them, and we'll see them next year in the Premier League. Fulham America, anybody? All right. So let's talk about Orlando City. Orlando City, Dylan, last we talked about them, they've been on a losing streak and that streak is still continued, Dylan. They lost Chicago last week 2-1 at home. And then they lost last night to New York City FC 3-0 on the road. They're on the four-game road trip right now. And Orlando City, Dylan, it's not looking good. They got to turn around. I know they're missing some players because they got Tarakis over in Egypt for the World Cup. And Yoshi Yotan is with Peru. And Dom Dwyer, he's still injured. So they had some injuries and players missing for the World Cup. But Orlando City's got to get through it, Dylan. They're hanging on to the final playoff spots in the Eastern Conference. We'll see if they'll continue to respond later this week. Orlando Pride, Dylan, they've done pretty well. Orlando Pride, they have 19 points so far. and I'm sorry, 15 points, not 19. They won 5-2 of the Chicago Red Stars on May 26th after losing to North Carolina Courage. And they are currently third place in the NWSL. They will be playing the Seattle Reign later tonight to try to keep their win streak going after the winning the first game. They'll now have to go for the second win in a row. All right, Dylan, on to some soccer news. And for my soccer news, just a brief recap of the third round, the Open Cup. Miami United stunned the Jacksonville Armada 2-0. FC Golden State Forest, they shocked the Lagos, the Las Vegas Lights 2-1. And Dylan, your boys, Nashville SC, defeated the Mississippi Brilla 
three to one. All right, guys. Other news: After Cincinnati, their guy announced they're going to MLS next season. Zidane he left Real Madrid after winning three straight Champions League titles. He decides to leave. So Real Madrid will need to find a coach probably after the World Cup. And speaking of the World Cup, guys, it's time for my World Cup preview. So here's how I'm going to predict how the groups will go for Group A through D. So in Group A, you got Egypt, Russia, Saudi Arabia, and Uruguay. I think Uruguay is going to win the group. Egypt will come in second place. In Group B, you got Iran, Morocco, Portugal, and Spain. Portugal, Morocco, Portugal, Portugal, and Spain, excuse me, will be my picks coming out of that group. Group C, you got Australia, Denmark, France, Peru. I got France and Peru coming out of that group. Group D, Argentina, Croatia, Iceland, and Nigeria. I got Argentina and Nigeria coming out of group. Argentina, of course, you got Messi, Nigeria, you got Nacho and Wobe and all these great players. Croatia got Modric, but Iceland, I think they're going to come up short. In Group B, Portugal and Spain, they're the powerhouses in that group. They'll get through. Group C, France, of course, Pogba. And ben, and you got uh, uh, Pogba and Martial, all these players going in. That's going to be great. And then you got Peru. I think they'll find a way to get through. And then in Group A, Egypt, even though Mohamed Salah will probably miss that first game against Uruguay. It's a big game for them. But I think Egypt will win against Russia and Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia for them to go through along with Uruguay. And that, guys, for my games to watch this week, it's just friendlies. Watch some friendlies because we're getting ready for the World Cup, which is 11 days away, guys. And now include my football recap of the week. You know, during your World Cup um, projections, you did not say anything about the United States. Oh, I know why they're not in it this year. No, we didn't make it. And it, what makes uh, matters worse, we lost our friendly yesterday to the Against Republic Ireland. Ireland. Yeah. Against Ireland. Why? 2-1 late. We were winning that game, and then Ireland scored, and then they got the goal, I think it was the 80th minute, to them take the lead. So... USA, we got some rebuilding to do. USA, they're just waiting until after the World Cup is done because they got to hire a GM. They haven't done that yet. They got to hire a coach. They still haven't done that yet. And the U.S. Soccer Federation, right now, they're busy trying to bid, not qualify, bid for the 2026 World Cup. That seems to be the primary focus. And from everything I'm hearing on the internet, there's a chance still in the U.S. could lose that World Cup bid to Morocco. It's a possibility. Now, we'll know by June 13th because that's when it's going to go down, the votes. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, Dylan, U.S. soccer fans, I know they're going to be bummed, but we still got options to root for. I mean, Dylan, you found a country to root for you? I got Germany, of course, but who do you got? I don't know. I, I'm going in with an open mind to the World okay, Cup. So. Okay, for next week, I'll try. I'll find you a country to root for. Thank you. Find me a country. Give, give me a, uh, a scarf as well. <laughs> yeah, I want a scarf. All right, too. I'll work on it. Maybe right. a t-shirt. Yes. All right, let's talk about some miscellaneous news. Uh, Seattle Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson, like we spoke about earlier, uh, him and his wife Sierra are partnering with the Portland Diamond Project to help bring the Major League Baseball to Portland, Oregon. So they're going to try to get a, ga- a team there in Portland. Um, how big of this? How big would this be for the city of Portland if they got an MLB franchise there? Well, to be fair, Dylan, Portland had a baseball team, the Portland Beavers, and they were a AAA baseball team. Um, the team, I think that original team moved to Tucson, and I'm not sure where they're at, or at as these, these days. But Portland has always had an interest in baseball, and Portland has pro sports. They got the Trailblazers. They got Portland Timbers for MLS. So Portland, I think it'll be a good thing, Dylan. And, I mean, the Seattle Mariners are right there on I-5 up north. So I think that'll be a big rivalry. We've seen Portland-Seattle from the Sonics basketball days. We've seen it in soccer with the Sounders and the Timbers. So I think naturally the Mariners and whatever the Portland team's going to be, 
It's going to be good. And not only that, baseball is looking to expand, Dylan. You got Portland in the race, Charlotte, North Carolina, and you got the Montreal Expos and Mexico City and maybe Vegas and maybe some others like Kansas City. Not, well, not Kansas City. They have a team. I'm sorry. And some other teams. But baseball is looking to expand, so they're looking. Do you think that Portland has the best chance of getting an expansion team as of right now? I don't know about expansion team. It's very possible if the Rays, if they can't get a stadium situation figured out in St. Pete or Tampa, wherever it's going to be, they could move. Now, a lot of people speculate they could go to Montreal and be the Expos. You would not be weird for me being in the American League considering that they were a National League team. But if they go to Portland, then somebody from the other league will probably move over to that division. So, the AL East. So, We'll see, Dylan. I think Portland, if they got a stadium plan all figured out and everything, because that's the key. If they get a stadium, they got an owner that's going to put money in and everything, they definitely got a shot. Yeah, very good. All right. Um, the MAC Conference will host conference tournament games next season in Atlantic City from 20, I'm sorry, not next season, 2020 to 2022. How big of a piece of news is this for the MAC Conference? Well, to specify, guys, this is the. MAC, the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference. Not the MAC, not the Mid-American Conference that you see with Bowling Green and Toledo, all those. No, that's not that MAC conference. But that's a big deal, Dylan, because they had their conference in championship games in Albany, New York, and now they're moving it to Atlantic City, which, you know, is another casino-run area like Vegas. Yes. And that's a, a big deal. Now, it's going to be for three years, but they could expand that contract, so... It's very cool to see these cities that people were like wouldn't touch, like the big voodoo, like New Orleans or Vegas, now Atlantic City. I think it's great for them. I think so, too. Uh, Seattle Storm set a WNBA record uh, with 17 three-pointers in a win over the Las Vegas Aces this past Thursday, which is a, f- a fantastic number. And that's that's a lot even in NBA standards. 17 threes, I mean, that's... That's uh, quite a number there, so congratulations to the Seattle Storm for that. And the Seattle Storm are doing pretty good in the league right now, so they're doing very well. They're in second place in the WNBA in the Western Conference. And last but not least, we have college baseball teams entering the Super Regionals to qualify for the College World Series in Omaha, which will begin on June 16th. And as of right now, we are watching the Ole Miss Rebels versus the Tennessee Tech University Golden Eagles, uh, which is actually my alma mater. And uh, we're watching them face off right now in the Oxford Regional. Mississippi and Tennessee Tech just won both of their first games. And so whoever wins this game will move on to the championship game on Monday at 1 o'clock. So we'll keep an eye on that team as well. And we'll talk about that a little bit more um, during my winners and losers. But there you go. There you have it. So let's move on to winners and losers. JT, I will start with you first. All right. Thanks, Dylan. So my winner this week is... The Vegas Golden Knights with that intro. Amazing performance. You got Violinus. You got uh, the Knight guy running around. And you got people running in Capitals gear and getting the rock thrown at them or air hose. And they're all going down. You got Lil John. You got Imagine Dragons singing music. I mean, their intro is absolutely amazing, Dylan. I have to make a trip to Vegas sometime next season to, to go see it. It's just a show. You got to see it. At a certain point, though, it does seem very just cheap to me. I don't know. It just seems like a, it seems like a cheap version of medieval times at a certain point. The costumes are kind of cheap looking. They're like plasticky. And I don't know. I, I, I kind of like it. 
Um, but at the same time, I think they could have done better with this franchise, especially with all the money that's coming through the Vegas Golden Knights right now. I think they could have done better in that in that category. But having the musical artists they've had, oh like, come on, they've done pretty well. They, they have Mike Buffer out there. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Let's having, get ready to rumble. The special guests they've been having yeah. have been great, but the, the the theatrics of it and everything, it just seems a little bit cheap to me. Come on, man, it's Vegas, baby. You gotta I, get pumped. I guess. I guess. All right, so that's my winner this week. My loser this week is also the Vegas Golden Knights, but it's only because of the way they've been kind of taking the Stanley Cup run so far, okay? In game one, after they lost, their coach, Gerard Gallant, said, oh, we didn't play our best game, but we won the game. In game two, they lost the Capitals. When the Capitals hold on to win 3-2, Gerard Gallant said the same thing. Oh, we didn't play our best game. We outshot them. We had some chances. We just missed it, but, you know, the series tied. No big deal. Last night, they clearly did not have their best game. Shea Theodore had a rough night getting breaking his stick in that play that Kuznetsov got that goal. And then the other one where he got beat by the boards by Beagle, where Devontae Smith-Pilly went around, and he got the third goal to win the game. So they're going to be like, oh, we probably didn't play our best game. I'm like, Vegas, what are you telling me? You, on a Stanley Cup run, made it the final, and you haven't played your best game? What's going on here? Yeah, I don't get that. I mean, uh, and also the fans in Vegas are freaking out because they've lost two games in a row. They feel like They feel like the world is on fire right now in Vegas because just everything's going uh, to hell in a handbasket very, very quickly. But again, look, it's a best of seven series. Although we don't want the Vegas Golden Knights to win, it's a best of seven series. I think the NHL doesn't want the Vegas Golden Knights to win. True, (laughs) true. But again, I I think that at a certain point, you got to think, Best of seven series. That's when the like the, when the Predators were playing against the Winnipeg Jets. Best of seven series, and we got to Game Seven. So just hold out hope. Don't turn on your team so quickly. I know that you're facing adversity as of right now, and this is something you're not used to because it's a brand new team and they've been so successful in their first season. I get that, but it's a best of seven series for a reason. So let it play out. Let it play out and see what happens. Well, one thing you definitely got good, Vegas, is that intro, man. Keep it up, man. I don't know if any other Angel team, except maybe Dylan's Predators over here, can come close to it. We tried last night. Say Jack, the Wheel of Fortune guy? Uh, uh. Anyway, Dylan, who's your winners or losers this week? My winner this week is the TTU baseball team, the Golden Eagles. They're playing again, once again, uh, against Ole Miss right now while we're watching that. They were very, very good in the regular season. They were 49-9. and nine, oh, um, wow. And I think they were 27-3 and three in OVC turn- in, in, in the OVC um, conference this season. So very, very good. Very strong pitching. Um, they were first in a lot of the statistical categories and, and D1 uh, baseball for college. So they're playing in the Oxford Regional right now. Hopefully they can move it on to the, the championship game and move forward um, into the College World Series. So we'll see what happens there. Um, but yeah, TTU has been doing a great job. Go Eagles. And, um, hope you guys continue your success in the postseason. And my loser this week is Clay Matthews from the Green Bay Packers, linebacker from the Green Bay Packers, because he broke his nose in a charity softball game this past week. And so, um, it's not really going to affect his game. I'm sure he's already had surgery or whatever if he needed to, or they've reset it or whatever. But, you know, it's just, it's funny to get your nose broken in a charity softball event i just think it's kind of funny so he's my loser this week so let's move on to final thoughts jt you can go first thanks dylan so my final thought is just i'm so happy to see the support in dc and it's not just dc in general but even up in baltimore you got buck showalter 
the manager of the Baltimore Orioles wearing the all hashtag all caps hat. And in Virginia, you got people wearing the same thing. So it's good to see Maryland, D.C., and Virginia, Northern Virginia, really, to get behind the Capitals. In D.C., they haven't won a, a championship since, I think, the 90s when the Redskins won the Super Bowl. So it's been a while for D.C. to have a chance to win a championship. So awesome for the Capitals. Glad to see the fans get there. I know Dave Shiroff, he's up there right now in D.C., checking out what's going on with the Capitals and all galore in D.C., and I'm just happy to see the fans. I'm rocking the red today with my Caps hat. You are. So, come on, Capitals. We're two games away from doing it, winning our first Stanley Cup. And if Ovi gets it, I'm going to be so happy for him. I'm sure Pittsburgh fans would be like, oh, well, he won one. He still got to win two more, blah, blah, blah. But it doesn't matter. Ovechkin has got to get one, and his legend is sealed in D.C. because he'll be the first guy to bring a cup to the Capitals. But that's my final thought. Hashtag all caps. Dylan, what's your final thought? My final thought goes out to the welcome homies of Disney Vacation Club. So we have been rained out the past two games because the it weather's like been, been so bad. It's been rained out for like two weeks. It's, yeah, it's, it's been about two Tropical weeks now Storm since Alberto. we played. Tropical Storm Alberto. Yeah, it's around, around, around. It's crazy. So we uh, we have not played a game since our first game of the postseason tournament, but we will be playing our next game um, on Monday night, actually tomorrow night. And so we'll play there, and if we win, we'll play on Tuesday, and then continue from there. I'll let you guys know the scores and such of those games but we do play our next game tomorrow night if it doesn't rain um but at this rate it's probably gonna rain again we're probably gonna get rained out again um if it keeps raining this way i don't see us even finishing the tournament this year but hopefully we can does that mean you get a trophy then (laughs) probably not no i don't think (laughs) we get participation ribbons that's what we'll get um but yeah so hopefully we can finish it out this season and i'll keep you guys updated on scores and statistics and all that kind of stuff from the welcome homies so thank you once again for listening to the show this week, guys. You can follow us on Facebook at Out of Bounds with Dylan James, on Twitter at OOB Podcast, and you can also follow me on Twitter. It's Dylan underscore James. You can email me at Dylan at com for more suggestions, feedback, comments, concerns, things about this show so we can make the show even better. And uh, also, if you have any leads on areas that we can broadcast this show on different networks and whatnot, let us know because we are in search of a new network to be on uh, since WBLZ Sports decided just to drop it. So we will be free agents until an undetermined amount of time. Now, to be fair, they didn't drop us. They didn't the drop whole, us. They the just dropped the whole network. system network just shut down. The whole network shut just down. Just to clarify. Yeah, it wasn't us. It was uh, the whole network. And so, yeah, that happened to us and happened to several other shows as well. It- Except Barstool Sports. I don't know. Do you want them to call us, Dylan? <laughs> uh, I don't think I, I don't want know. them to call me. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll find out. <laughs> if they have a good a good offer, we might we might listen to offers. So, uh, yeah, JT, what are your social media handles, sir? You can reach me on Twitter at JTSaka88. That's at J-T-S-O-C-K-A-88. You can follow me on Instagram at JTSaka Sports. And you can email me at JT at Out of Bounds Podcast. Dot com. So once again, thanks for listening to the show this week, guys. Um, again, we're free agents for the foreseeable future. So get our name out there. Follow us on um, all of our social media. Also share our podcast on iTunes, um, on Pippa, on everywhere. Tune in radio, iHeartRadio. We're everywhere now. So definitely follow us and share us and show our fan- show your families who we are because we definitely like to have new listeners Thank you so much for listening once again, and we look forward to talking to you guys next week. Loud. Loud.
Yeah.